In this edition of Prep Rally, the podcast, we will recap 6A state basketball as well as the other classifications, and we're going to talk a little bit about how the 6A state tournament bracket is handled. It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports, brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. Welcome to the Prep Rally Podcast. I'm Chip Souza, joined by Rick Fires, the beautiful, dapper Ricky Fires, and Leland Barclay, not so beautiful, not so dapper, but he's with us anyway. Leland Barclay. Clean. Clean. Clean he showered. He has showered after six days of covering basketball. Ricky, he showered, and he's all fresh and new. Which is more we can say about you coming in here after working out. I'm telling you. I'm, telling, just, I'm glad you're on the other side. Well, you're yeah. glad you're on the other side yeah. of the table. So, uh, But we're going to talk a little basketball. Leland, we're going to break this down. Uh, we're going to go boys first, and then we're going to kick over to the girls. So let's talk on the boys' side first. Let's start in the 6A, where Rogers was the host of the 6A State Basketball Tournament. Had some great games. Ricky, you and I were over there, saw some great games on the boys' and the girls' side. Uh, on the girls' side, uh, it was an all-central affair. Uh, and on the boys' side, Springdale got in on the West, and they beat another team from the West, Bentonville West, to earn their chance to go to the state championship game for the first time since 2013. You know what? Uh, Bentonville West was the champions of the 6A yes. West Conference. Yes. But man, uh, Springdale, man, they got some bull- they got some uh, great players. Cortland Muldrew uh, just firing up. What do you have? 27 points. They hit hit him with a three point barrage. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, you can't really call that an upset. Springdale's a really good team. Even all year long, they they might have a little stretch right there. Uh, but they, they're peaking right there, which is what you want to be at this time of year. And they're going to go up against the, the Jonesboro Hurricane. Yep. We, I saw Jonesboro look fantastic yes. in the first round. They Absolutely. just blew away. Why they beat Bentonville? 61-28. 61-28. Then they come back two days later, and they really struggled against Cabot. Well, and, Ricky, third time they played each other. You know, when you yep. play a team three times, three they times. should know what you do and you know what they do. Yep. And it should be a close game, and it was. And I'm telling you what, Jonesboro was fortunate to win that game. They absolutely were fortunate to win. So, Springdale's got a really good shot there, I think. So, I uh, uh, can't wait for these games at Hot Springs. Uh, getting started uh, on Thursday morning, Thursday. right? On Thursday. Thursday at noon. So, Springdale boys against the Jonesboro. That will be played at 145 on Friday. That's okay. the 6A boys state championship game. Um, a little a little bit of a shameless plug. I will have a, a story on Springdale's Cy Bates. Now, he's number not, 11. Number 11. He was tough. He is not the top scorer. Nope. He may not be the top rebounder. I don't know if he's a top rebounder or not, but let me tell you what he is on that team. He is the guy that brings his hard hat and lunch pail, and he goes to work when those games start. He is a blue-collar guy if there ever was one, and he does, Ricky, he does what us old-school guys, Leland, would call the dirty work. He does the dirty work for Springdale. You know, I saw them the first game of the year. They played Southside, um, you know, at Springdale, and I thought Springdale at that time was the best team in the conference. Yeah. Because of everything they do. I mean, gosh, you've got Seeley and Muldrew, who's the scores. Uh, Gazaway comes off the bench, yep. or, or did at that time, who's who's a, a vital part of the game. You've got Tangness, who's very good. Tevin Tate inside. Kevin Tate, he's nobody, a man. There's he's... nobody that's going to outmuscle him inside. 
Um, you know, he, he, there's only one basketball to go around, so he doesn't score much, but man, he is a, a presence inside. And then, like you said, Cy Bates plays a vital role to that team. Ricky, and, uh, they, when they, I say, uh, Leland, and when well, I Ricky, say team, they're all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, Ricky, you'll back me up on this. Leland, you didn't see it, but I'm going to tell you oh, this. Uh, Springdale does not beat Little Rock Central without Cy Bates. They, they, don't, they don't win that yeah, game. You and I were sitting there at press yeah. row, and you kick, hit me in the side. Look at Levin. Look at Levin. Look, yeah. And he, like you said, he was doing the dirty work right there where, you know, other kids going to get the 30-foot uh, three-pointer, the headlines and everything, but he's a vital part of that team. Did a great job, too, defending. I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher this name, Leland. Anon Botang. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anon I think Botang. that's correct. Um, yeah. Little Rock Central. Fa- oh, my God. Fabulous player. Fabulous yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, no doubt why Arkansas is on him. But but uh, but Cybates did a good job. Now, he, he, he still got his points, but let me tell you yeah. something. He got worked over. Cybates uh, worked him over up one side and down the other. And I was talking to Jeremy Price yesterday, which, by the way, congratulations to Jeremy Price in, in, in getting to a state final. That's It's awesome for a – one of our guys, Ricky. One of our Springdale guys. boy, one of our guys. Um, and he, you know, he was talking about Cy, and he said, you know, um, sometimes, you know, it's hard for kids to come in and want to accept that role of not being the top scorer, um, of wanting to do that, that box-out work, that dirty work, that guard the other team's best player kind of mentality but that Cy Bates bought into it because because he was a transfer. He came in from Bentonville West where his, his, his kind of a family thing. His family had moved and relocated into Springdale. What a, what a great thing for Jeremy Price that that happened. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you already had Mulder, already had Seeley, and uh, he came in and said, okay, you know, those guys are going to be that's, – that's 40 points a game right there. I don't have to be a scorer. I'm going to do this because the number one thing, Ricky, that he wants to do, he wants to get that dub. He wants to get that win, and whatever he needs to do to help that team win, that's what he does. You know, and speaking of Jeremy Price, uh, uh, I think we're all old enough to remember when he played. I, I, I'm yeah. sure Lee. Heck now, of a player. Yeah, him and yeah. Kordsmeyer, the big man Kordsmeyer, I yeah. remember him. And Jeremy Price, man, he was smooth at the guard kind of forward position. Didn't Jeremy play for a state championship as a player? I'm not sure. Should have, uh, uh, yes, he uh, did. Yeah, he yeah. played in the state championship yeah. game in uh, 90. Eight, because yeah, he, yeah, for Charlie, for Charlie Smith, yeah, he, he was on that team um, that lost in the championship game. In fact, this is Springdale's fourth state championship game appearance, and he's actually been a part now of three of yeah. those four because he was an assistant yep. on that 2014 team yep. that I think by they're kind of a de facto state champion. I think in 2014. Because that was the team that Little Rock uh, sent, or North Little Rock had KJ Hill on. Yeah, that's right. That that eleven months later vacated. Vacated. Because that's the big word now. Yeah. Vacated that cha- state championship trophy along with twenty four victories from that season. Yeah. That yeah. was the team that, and I think it was an eight point. I think it was only an eight point game. Uh, that North Little Rock won by. So kind of by de facto, Springdale won that state championship. And, of course, Brad Stamps was the head, head coach, coach on that yep. team. Yep. And Greg his assistant White was Greg was White. White. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. 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 And then also Jeremy Price had been at George Junior High for several years. And I think that was his first year to be kind of an assistant 
and help out with the high school staff. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? And going back, kind of uh, tying all this together, there is nobody smiling more than after uh, Springdale qualified to go to the state than his mother and his dad. Oh, Steve, yes, I saw them all there. Oh, they, they were, were just beaming. Oh, they were so beaming. So that's, uh, that's uh, happy for yeah, them and their family. He's the son of a coach. Yep, so. yeah. yep, yeah. yep. So Springdale boys, Jonesboro boys, 145 on Friday. Let's skip down to 3A where the Bergman boys, Ricky, you know, all the girls get all the Bergman, and rightfully so, they get all the publicity and, uh, and all that. But the Bergman boys, Ricky, this just in, they're pretty good. And they are going to be in the 3A state championship game. They will play Saturday at 745 against Manila. And a great job there. Uh, uh, Bo Martin, great job at Bergman getting the boys there. And they they rolled in their they, – they dominated their side of the bracket, Leland, at the 3A state tournament at Lamar. They dominated it. Oh, absolutely. They You know, and you're right. Um, you know, Bergman gets a lot of the publicity for the, the girls. But uh, – yeah, the they they were very good that week. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, Walker Pat, I did my preview story on him. I remember when we had our NWA Media yep. Day, yep. and he was bouncing around, Rolled he's in. smiling, yep. Yeah, yep. and he's wearing number fifty-five. I said, man, why are you wearing number fifty-five? That's all, all like me. I was the backup offensive pulling guard. Yep. Where number fifty? He said from Jason Williams. There you go. When he played for white Memphis. chocolate, white yes, chocolate, sir. white chocolate. And I said, so you're the white chocolate of the hills, right? Yeah. He said. Yeah, I am. I guess I am. Uh, white so, chocolate. Man, he can play. He's very colorful. Hey, you know what? I know these teams from East. Bergman beat Rivercrest. Yes. Rivercrest is well-known for football. You know they got some athletes. Yep. Manila is always – that's a little town uh, just the other side of Caraway where I'm from. And they've for 40 years they've had good – so that's a great matchup right there. a great matchup. Now, Leland, we're going to talk about – the team that you followed all the way through the state tournament and who you followed pretty much all year long, the 44-0 County Line Indians. Woo, Leland, 44-0. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, but I don't think that's, uh, you know, a lot of times when a team carries that, especially that zero on that, left, on that right-hand side, you know, it kind of becomes an albatross. But I don't think so. This team has been focused on getting back to the state championship game. You know, the end of that state championship game last year when they lost to Bradley 44 to 41, um, you know, there's uh, – I think they still feel like that maybe there was a little bit of um, – uh, that they could have won that game, and maybe a call here yeah. and a call there. So they've been very focused all year, and they have all the ingredients um, – of well, obviously they're 44 and 0, so they have all the ingredients of being a state championship caliber team, especially with a coach. Uh, you know, this is his 18th year at County Line, and they've won at least 30 games every single season, and they've made the state tournament all but one of those seasons. Wow, wow, that is that is. Uh, Joe Brunson. He's talking about Joe Joe Brunson, and he, you know, if there's ever was a guy, and this is funny though, Leland. I think you and I might have talked about this. I I can't remember now that uh, I think maybe you wrote a story or Harold McAvane wrote the story that that uh, that Joe's coach in high school did, didn't recommend that he become a coach. He said, "Son, I just don't see that in you. I don't. I just don't see you being a coach." Well. But like we would say in the country, Ricky, he couldn't have been wronger about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah, Kevin wrote that to that story. Kevin that's Taylor. It, Kevin did, Taylor. And, that's know, right. Probably about uh, that was probably about two months ago now. Yeah. But I think the reason is, and he's 
he's very quiet. He's yeah. reserved. He um he doesn't have that usual maybe basketball coach demeanor that we see. He's not up every single second of every single game hollering and screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you, I saw something. It was a close game, the Saturday game uh, that they, you know, semifinal Saturday. He called them over to the bench one time, called a timeout, and he called them over. And um, I guarantee you his Indians, his team, they probably see a side to him that maybe we don't see very much. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he uh, he lit them up late in that game. I think they had came – they had a big lead, about a 15-point lead, and they had made a couple of bad decisions on consecutive possessions. And uh, he called a timeout to uh, to remind them of a few things. And the first thing he did was point at the scoreboard and say, we're ahead. There so you go. I think it was I think it was probably just that calmness maybe that he had that um, maybe his coach didn't uh, didn't see that relating to the kids um, maybe. What a terrific player Andre Milam is uh, Leland. I think he's in contention uh, for River Valley Democrat Gazette Player of the Year down there. I think he he certainly would be in that conversation for sure. I would say that's definitely uh, yeah. that's definitely true. He's had a tremendous season. Um, you know, he can score inside, he can score outside, he gets rebounds, he handles the ball. He had a tremendous block uh, on the defensive end uh, Saturday, too. But then you throw in Cooper Watson and Trent yep. Johnston, who are juniors, yep. who do a lot for that team. And then, of course, Kelby Rudd and, and Drake Price are both seniors that kind of play a play a role on that team That's that also is very vital. And then a, how about this? You bring in a 6'7 senior is the sixth man that comes in off the bench. Yeah. Experience, size, defense, you know, they again, they have all the ingredients. Yep. Leland, I, 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 I've been following him because of the record, obviously. I had a chance to see him over Lincoln during the regional tournament. And I said, oh, my goodness, the athleticism on yeah. team. And like you said, bringing a six. Six six guy off the bench, uh, they go eight deep, and uh, my I know we, I bring it up every year, but man, I would love to see whoever wins this game, Mark Tree or County Line. Man, I'd love to see like the overall. Yeah, I, I'd like to see them. I'm not saying they could beat a six A Jonesboro or Springdale. My goodness, I'd like to see them against a four A Blyville or somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, game, because by the Mark way, Tree is very good. They've got a six-five yeah. post player, Jonah Walker, that kind of sparks that team, and he's he's a presence and a very athletic guy inside. So it's going to be a, a very it's going to be a very fascinating uh, game to watch. I think. And that game will be played Friday at seven forty-five. That is the final game on Friday. Uh, should be a great game. If you uh, if you don't already have your tickets for Hot Springs, you better get on that quick because you do not want to miss the uh, state finals. You don't do not, don't want to miss that at all. Well, so, the first game or the six o'clock game that nine is going to be Mammoth Spring and Norfolk's girls. Right. And those two teams they have been four and away the best two teams in Class A all season long, and they are playing for a championship. It's so it's um, yeah. That was one of those that. Uh, They've been on a collision course. I know Eric had them ranked one, two in the preseason. They've been on a collision course all season long, and uh, they're going to get to play for the title on Friday. Good segue, uh, Leland, into the girls' side of the of the games uh, that will be played. Uh, again, these games are at Bank Ozark Arena in Hot Springs um, on the girls' side. 
Uh, 6A, going to be a great game. Uh, Leland, it's going to be a great game. Conway against North Little Rock, that's going to be Friday at noon. That's the 6A. Uh, we want to mention our boy, Daryl Fimple, got the defending Fimp. state champion, uh, North Little Rock charging Lady Wildcats, or char uh, charging, that's a whole lot. The charging Wildcats, we're just going to go with that. That's yeah. a lot. That's that's a whole head. That's across six columns right there. Uh, yeah. with, with his, uh, you know, tremendous shoes that he, he had on the other night. And uh, But I tell you what, Ricky, what I like more, I love talking to Ashley Hutchcraft, the Conway coach after games, because she's about as country as, as, as it gets. As they, yeah. And, Ricky, you asked her a good question uh, the other day after their, after their semifinal win. Uh, you know, kind of how they regrouped after, you know, losing. And Leland, and there's no other way to describe it. They were absolutely – they laid an egg in the state mm -hmm. tournament. They, they did. She admits it. They admit it. She, she equated to having – they had PTSD, you know, after losing a game that they, <laughs> that they didn't feel like they should have lost. But anyway, uh, Ricky, I think it was you asked her a question, and her answer, uh, longer, long answer reduced down was – we had a big come to Jesus meeting. Come to Jesus. Had yeah, that's come what to she Jesus says. After that, um, and she's talking about all that they ran and whatever. And I said, "That sounds like your daddy." Yeah, that sounds like Hutch. You know, your your daddy. Uh, at Guy she Perkins said it got through him once you run and puke and run and yeah. puke. You kind of get, get the, the message, the message get, after that come to Jesus meeting. Yeah, and I tell you what, Ricky, Chloe Clardy uh, for Conway. Yeah. Boy, she can play, and they're and they're big girl inside forty two. I can't think of her name. Uh, Savannah Scott. Savannah, yeah, she, she's the one that got them off the great start. Yeah, they could not stop her. Uh, so it'll be that that against North Little Rock's quickness and speed. Their guards are really quick and really fast, and uh, that'll be uh, that will be a really good game. That's going to be played at noon on Friday. But we're going to talk about the five A. We got Greenwood going for de a defense of its five A state championship uh, against Valonia. A team that a program that was in the conference was in the 5A West for a long time. Uh, these these teams are not strangers at all. Six o'clock on Thursday, Leland. Let's talk about that one. Well, and everybody looked at Greenwood's side of the bracket, and of course they were playing Nettleton to begin with. Which yes, they were a fourth seed, but they were after, actually a conference runner-up because there were there was a three-way tie for for second. So they were essentially starting off with a number two. Um, team from a conference. Yes, they, you know, Greenwood won that game. Close. Then game. they survived a very close game. I think it was nine points. Yep. Then they had to play Parkview, who's very good as well. Greenwood won that one, sixty-two to sixty. Yep. And then on semifinal Saturday, they had West Memphis, which has been ranked number two behind Greenwood all season long. So everybody pointed at that side of the bracket. And, of course, you know, it's common for teams to say, and I know we're going to say it one more time in this, uh, you know, in this show, that sometimes the semifinal game is kind of deemed the, uh, the state championship yeah. because of how uh, the bracket falls. Yeah. Because that is predetermined. But here's the thing about uh, Valonia. Of course, like you said, they used to be in the same conference. Well, the Greenwood Lady Bulldogs ended this conference season. I'm going to go back to conference season with 43 straight conference wins. The last team to beat them in a conference game? Valonia. Valonia. So in the words, those immortal, immortal words of Rick Fires, Valonia. They ain't what? scared. They ain't scared. They're not scared. They ain't okay. scared, Ricky. And, I forgot. and so I think that puts a whole different perspective on that game. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, when the balls rolled out there, 
the opponent is not going to look across and say, oh, my gosh, that's the Greenwood Lady Bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a, a knockdown drag out. Plus, uh, Jeremy, um, oh, Jeremy, uh, the coach Simon, the coach at Valonia, he's a Valonia guy you know, graduates. So it's, I think it's going to be a very good one. Should be a good one. Again, that one's six o'clock on Thursday night. Now the first game or the game, another game that we're, you know, uh, has a lot of Northwest Arkansas people watching and anxious. Ricky is the rematch in class 4A between Farmington and Nashville girls. That game will be played at noon on Thursday. Ricky, you wrote, you have a story that's going to be in the Thursday Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette on Farmington, Reese Shirey and and the Farmington girls and and Ricky, they've had this circled on their calendar for 365 days. You know what? This is the team they want to play. Yeah. Uh, both get, both teams want to play. Yeah, each, they want to yeah, play, play each other. other. Yeah. Um, if you recall last year, Farmington was this close. I know you can't see it on radio, podcast, world, whatever. They were within four seconds of winning that game. Then a girl named Townsend, Sydney Townsend, jacks up a three-pointer, swishes Boom. it. Boom. Ball game, state championship. How and, awesome is that? Yeah, and I was talking to Reese, and she said, man, she, uh, she uh, put her hands over her head, could not believe it. But she said, uh, that's been an incentive for them. They wanted to get back, and they are really glad that Nashville's uh, going to be on the other side. It's going to be a great and what, game. Like, uh, like I said, neither team is scared of the other one. No. That, what a way to kick off the uh, state tournament down there at Hot Springs. Uh, of course, everybody talks about Jenna Lawrence, and you do not win championships with just one great player. Uh, like I said, Michael Jackson, uh, Michael uh, uh, well, Jordan. Michael, ja Michael Jackson had four <laughs> brothers that helped too, but yeah. Michael Jordan didn't win, start <laughs> he winning didn't championships. He didn't do it alone. <laughs> Michael Jordan didn't start winning championships. Until some dude from Hamburg showed uh, up in uh, Scotty Chicago. Scotty Pippen. Yeah, And some him. of the others yeah. showed up. That's him. So you got to have a strong contingent around you, and that's what uh, Jenna Lawrence got. Uh, Reese, uh, everybody should know that she – She's the daughter of Amber, one of our favorite players, yep. former yep. University of Arkansas, from Newark, <clears throat> Arkansas. And uh, as soon as I got through talking to her and she had to run out to practice, I said, by the way, are, are you big enough and uh, good enough to uh, take Amber out, out in the driveway or in the gym? She said, all day long. <laughs> she would take her all day long. So they got, they got some uh, great players over there. And uh, I don't know where I'll be. i got to be in front of TV or something. Uh, watching this game tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. Two, two absolutely fantastic teams yes. in Nashville and Farmington. This one, Ricky, I think can go either way. I think yep. Nashville is like 29 and 3, and I believe yep. Farmington's 35 and 1, 35 or 34, 34 and 1. Something like that and one. 35 and 1. 35 and 1. So it's going to be a great game between two absolute titans yes. in Class 4A as they go at it again. Uh, well, now, of course, Nashville is coached by Paul Dean, that's correct. who is an assistant under Clay Reeves at Greenwood. That's correct. And when you watch Nashville play, they are a mirror image of Greenwood and everything that they do. In fact, back during the summer, Paul Dean and Clay Reeves got to coach together at the All-Star Game. Wow. It's and when I was talking to Paul Dean about, uh, you know, sharing an office and being with Clay Reeves so much, he said he patterns everything he does, practice-wise, everything after what Clay Reeves does at Greenwood. He said, in fact, I wanted to know what he had for breakfast that morning. 
why try to reinvent the wheel when you learned under the guy who invented the wheel in the first place? <laughs> hey, Leland, is this is Paul Dean that coached uh, down at Pine Bluff in the early 90s? Uh, that's Bo Dean's son. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And this is his son. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So got a lot of coaching blood right yeah. there. Yeah, I remember great. That, those teams. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about 3A, Leland. Uh, the Lamar girls. Yeah. Ricky, they, if you looked at the bracket, they should have been bounced in the first round, right? Melbourne, you know, they had won a couple of, you know, state championships in, in 2A. They were making the move up to 3A. Um, they were – you know, gonna gonna have their way with these teams in 3A because you know they you know they've earned it. Yeah. Lamar was playing without Corey Sanders, their quote unquote best player and the, the leading you know, scorer, lead, leading scorer, everything. everything. So Lamar should have gone out and that. Oh nope, nope. Leland, they, they forgot to tell Lamar that. That they yeah, forgot I, to tell I, them that. When I saw the bracket, of course, you know these teams they always put in bids, and of course they always want their teams to be playing. Uh, of course, the boys were close, but they got eliminated, so it only left the Lamar girls. Well, they got beaten the semifinals of the regional tournament yeah. by Little Rock Episcopal, yeah. and then they won the third-place game. Well, now that makes them a third seed in the um, you know in the tournament, yeah. and now they're playing Melbourne, who, by the way, they were 43-0 and last year. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, you know, they w- got the Without Jenna points. Lawrence, by the way, no, who without, had moved to Farmington, yeah. 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 Yeah, and uh, of course, like you said, I I got a text or saw a. a tw- we keep losing Leland. It's getting locked tweet up. Tweet or something that morning that they were going to be without. Them. <laughs> hey, go ahead and say well, last part again. It's been a tough again. season for them. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about Lamar. Let's, let's go back and talk about Lamar again a little bit. All right. So no Corey Sanders. They beat. Well, they beat. So they beat Melbourne in the first round. I mean, this is a game that nobody thinks they're going to win except for probably just the girls dressed in orange and black, and they they win that game. The I'm going to say this, Leland, the, the momentum gained from, from winning that game and proving that they could do it without Corey Sanders was huge for them in the next two games. Oh, absolutely. I think it was probably the impetus that set up everything, which, yeah. you know, like I said, Lamar was the third seed coming in. And then they get to play Lamar, who's 43-0 and last year. And, and you think, well, it was a nice season for them. Yep. But they win that game, and then they beat McGee, I think, pretty handily. And then, again, you look at the bracket, and you think, well, gosh, you know, now they've got to, you know, play Bergman in the in the in on semifinal Saturday. And uh, Carly Williams, a Man, senior, she went off has on a them. great game, scores eight points in the fourth quarter, yep. ends up with 15 points, five rebounds. And leads them to a forty-one to thirty-nine win just on semifinal Saturday. Huge, huge story for Lamar. They, you know, had young had lost a young member of their team um, in January who was killed in a car wreck. Uh, they've had to deal with with that. Uh, they took Leland what was about eight or ten days off to to kind of you know kind of regroup after that after that shot. I think probably that and the weather. I think it was eleven days. Yeah. A week, you know, a week and a half. Yeah. Um, so they have overcome, you know, they've overcome some big odds, Ricky. And looking across the floor at Melbourne and Bergman or whatever, that pales in comparison to what odds they had already overcome just to continue their season to get to where they I were. I tell you, things of what, what they've gone through, that's the epitome of a team. It's brought them closer together. And uh, I think it, you, you're seeing the results of it. You know, you can go by individual stats and stars and 
and individual performances, but the team is still the one that uh, gets you to the state finals is where exactly where they're at. Absolutely. So they will play Salem at 6 o'clock on Saturday uh, for the, cl the uh, Class 3A state championship, and it should be a good one. And uh, you know what, Leland, I guess you could look across the court and say Salem you know, might have a better team than Lamar, but I'll tell you what, I'm not putting my money against Lamar. I'm not. I, oh. I would be a poor man now if I had done that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, more poor anyway. Um, so that is the five teams from the River Valley slash Northwest Arkansas that are playing for state championships um, this weekend, starting on Thursday at Bank Oak, uh, Ozark Arena down in Hot Springs. So like I said, you will want to get down there. There's going to be some great basketball all the way around. And we wish our teams and all teams uh, that have made it this far good luck, uh, you know, and finish it out strong. And there uh, should be some great basketball. Now, before we, before we get out of today's show, we're going to talk a little bit uh, Leland, I had a chance to talk to uh, three or four coaches um, at the 6A state tournament this past week uh, about the way the 6A bracket is set up. And Ricky, I, I'm, you were in on some of those some of those interviews and conversations. And uh, the coaches I talked to were, were coaches of teams that had gotten first round buys. And to a person, they do not like it. They do not like those buys. They do not like it, and they would like to see them be taken away. And I believe it was either Wes Swift at Jonesboro or one of the – I can't remember which coach. It might have been – it could have been Greg White, but I think it was Wes who said, we are not football teams. We don't need a bye week to heal up bumps and bruises. Taking us out of our routine and making us set for six, seven, eight days before we play, you know, between games, is not good for anybody. And they don't like it, and they, you know, they would like to see that change. And we talked about this a little bit before, um, and Leland, I want you to jump in on this too. Um, the 6A is convoluted. There's no other way. Not enough to teams. It. It's, it's convoluted. There's 16 teams, and that's the way it has been. But because of geographical uh, speed bumps, or what word am I looking for? Uh, maybe. Uh, located? Yeah, it's. It, Central Arkansas, Northwest Here, Arkansas. You know, the thing was, when they split north side and south side, that was not a good thing. They had to rectify that. When I say they, I'm talking about the Arkansas Activity Association. They had to rectify that because that's not was not right. Okay, but they were trying to keep eight and eight because that you know that's the perfect eight and eight. It's the perfect square. You tie a little bow on it. It's eight and eight. The only problem is you've split a town in two, and you got kids from Northside being on a bus forever, and you got kids from Southside making the trip to Northwest Arkansas, which, you know, is it's a much quicker trip to, to come up to, to uh, Springdale than it is to go, you know, to, you know, to Little Rock. I mean, it just is. Um, and so they did the right thing by pulling Northside back into the 6A West. The only problem is there was no team to take out to make it 8-8, eight eight, so they had to make it a 9-7. and seven. Okay, they made it a 9-7. and seven. So... That means that in the Central Conference, six of those seven teams get into the state tournament. On the west side, six of nine teams get in the state tournament. And you can say what you want to about it, but that's not a fair equation. That's not fair, I don't think, to, the, to those teams in the west. It's just not. So how can you eliminate – Couple of things: a the the seven and nine thing. How do you you know how do you fix that? Well, you can't. 
There's no way to fix it. There's no way to fix it and keep it fair from north side and south side. There's just no way to fix it. And until another school from up somewhere grows and, and grows into a 6A size school, there's going to be the north side, south side thing. Okay, that's just what it's going to be. Um, my suggestion and what the other what the coaches I talked to, their suggestion was, why don't you just put all 16 teams in the state tournament? And I don't care, Ricky, if they're 2 and 20. I don't care. You know uh, what? You made the uh, argument, you know, they do it in the conference tournament. I don't want to see a one in 23 team in a state tournament. I just don't. There's not enough teams in this in the largest class case. They messed it up when they allowed some of the Benton and some of them to split. They should never allowed that. Maybe for football, sure, but not for basketball. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Leland? Well, this problem was created uh, 17 years ago mm-hmm. when you had about three schools that were at that time uh, probably about the 17th, 18th largest schools in the state that complained enough that they were able to get a vote and class the largest classification was split from 32 teams down to 16 teams. Yep. That's when that prob- that's when this problem was created. So now you've got 16 teams in the state's largest classification. And we have seen through the years where teams in, in 7A and 6A are now in basketball and other sports 6A and 5A, where they have taken every single team, all 16 to the playoffs. And in a state tournament at Greenwood several years ago, I saw a Parkview team, which was the number one seed, defeat a Little Rock Fair girls team that had not won a game all year and beat them about, it was probably about 70 to 10. During the regular season, those two teams played, and I don't think that Fair scored a point. I think they shut them out about 60 or 70 to nothing. So that's what happens when you have a 16-team bracket and you want to take everybody. Just like Rick said, you're going to have a team that's 1-23 and and they're going to get mercy ruled in the first round. And so now they decided, well, we don't want to take the worst teams in a conference, so we'll only take 12. Well, a 12-team bracket is going to create four buys. It's just simple. That's yeah. bracketology 101. And that's, and that's not what the coaches best want. Way, yeah. In my opinion, the best way to solve this, you take the top four or top four teams from each conference, and you have an eight-team bracket instead of a 12-team conference if you don't want first-round buys yeah. or, or 18 brackets if you don't want a first-round buy. I was talking with – uh, the Jonesboro coach, uh, Wes, after the game, after their, one of their games, and he said if the Bentonville boys had gotten, had finished with the number two seed, and they were in that battle for the number two seed uh, going into the last week of the regular season, and because of the odd nine teams in that conference, uh, every team has buy, had buys. You know, they have buys in there or an off week or an open date or whatever, open date. Yep. So Bentonville boys, that was their time to be open. They were open that week. Yep. Yep. They if played they, on Tuesday. Yeah. If they had if they had been the number two seed, they would have gone like eleven days between games. It'd have gone eleven days between games because they would have gotten that buy in there or that open week in there. 
So that benefits anybody, and even if it's a 70-10 to 10 game, at least they're running up and down the floor, you know, playing somebody. Because you can't, you know, you, know, you can say, well, we're going to scrimmage every day. That, you know what, you don't, you don't get nothing but out here, of that. But here, here's the bottom line for me. Let me say this. We finished five, my senior year in football, we finished five and five, didn't make the playoff. You know why? Because we didn't deserve understand. the playoff. Understand. The postseason, the state tournament should be a reward I understand. for an accomplishment. Not just to fill out a bracket and let everybody run up and down and play. So I am against, I mean, that's just my opinion. I everybody understand. got the, I, I don't want to see what happened with uh, Parkview and uh, uh, who was it? Fair, the Little Rock. Little I don't want to see that. Yep. Yeah. Postseason should be a reward. Yep. Well, I mean, I, I, and, I, and I, if you look at the 5A West right now, um, there's eight, eight team conferences, four of them. The top four go. Yes. Look at how exciting that last week of the season in the 5A yep. West for the boys yep. was this year. Yep. There were six teams battling it out for those spots, and it came down to the last quarter of the last game when Van Buren secured a playoff or a state tournament berth, the last quarter of the last game of the season. Yeah. Hey, I, c- contrast that to 6A West. We knew who the boys went for two weeks before the season was over. What, six, t- what, six, <clears throat> six out of eight teams are going to be in there? Six out of nine. So, six out of nine. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And as far, yeah. as, the, as, far as the nine and seven not being fair, you know, I, I think – you know, if we look past, okay, nine and seven, the travel part of that has to be that way. Okay, so now you're talking about one team and one not going. Well, okay, so a seventh place team in the West out of nine didn't go. And it was, I think, Coach uh, Kimberly Jenkins is the one that said, you know, it's probably, I don't think a seventh place team really has much of a gripe about not being able to go to the state tournament. Well, I do, but I'll also go back to the other classifications where every, in 4A and below, all schools go to the state playoffs. All schools do. All of them do. They get a chance at the district level. If they can advance, they get to go to regional. If they can advance, they get to go to state. So they all make it. Uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, anti, I'm anti-buy. I'm with those coaches. I think that that doesn't do any basketball team. We're not talking about football. We're talk- and we're not talking about baseball. We're pitchers' arms. You're worried about pitchers' arms. Where that buy is beneficial. Uh, we're talking about basketball. We're taking a, a, a six, seven, eight days off. Does not benefit. You know, does not really benefit those teams. I well, okay, but if you look at the smaller classifications, to be fair, uh, those smaller conferences, they look at those top two teams and they say, hey, you guys have had a great season. You're worthy of playing past the district tournament so we're going to eliminate the possibility of you having a bad game in your season ending correct so we're, we're going to give you a bye to the semifinals well when's the semifinals that's sometimes six days after that previous friday night when they played their final game so those teams are taking a couple of days off too and some of the sometimes those teams are playing a team that's played two games they might have played a district tournament game on a monday and a Thursday, and now they're playing in the semifinal. They're playing their third game that week against a team that's been off for six days. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's no. There's probably no correct answer. There's no right answer, no wrong answer. But I'm just telling you what the coaches of the – and these are the coaches whose teams had buys I talked to. 
you know, they, well, these if are the they want to yeah. eliminate the buys, then you go four and four and you, you forget about the fifth and sixth place teams going to the state tournaments that would eliminate the buy problem. If the buy problem is that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, they, they, they talked about it to a person and they, you know, they, they do not like it. You know, they do not like it. They do not like being, you know, having that time off. They would rather play. Um, and I'm not sure what the solution is. Maybe, maybe 6A, you know, maybe they need to have a conference tournament. Is Springdale receiver first round? Nope. Well, no. Okay. No. Jonesville no, did, though. They finished yeah. third. Oh, so they had to play three. And okay. Jeremy Price, no, who I third. talked to yesterday for this story I'm writing, said he was very glad that they played a first round game. You know, okay. because. Well, here's the bottom line. The 16th and 17th, 18th team, quit whining, get back, make it. Right now, 6A is actually a champion between two conferences. I don't even know how you can call it a state championship. Between two conferences, for six out of eight teams get to go to this uh, state tournament and everything. 16, 17, 18, quit whining, get more teams in Arkansas's largest class. I understand for football, but basketball, get, get – Eight, uh, 18 teams in there. Yeah. But understand, this is not 16, 17, and 18 whining. This is ones and twos <laughs> whining about it. Even, I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to wait to after. And it's, easy, and it's easy for the ones and twos to whine because they can easily say, well, there should only be four going, and then they're going to play a four, a one versus a four, yeah. and there's no buys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 hey, it's, it's good for discussion. It's good for discussion. Uh, and I wanted to bring that up because this is what this is what I got out of talking to coaches. You know, there is that. I'm going to wait till all over and ask uh, <clears throat> maybe go to some of the different uh, maybe if Jonesboro wins and see. Yeah. I mean, could kind of it might sound like sour grapes right now to some, but if Jonesboro wins the state champ and he's still griping about it, then that tells me something. Yeah. Yep. I just know coaches, all coaches, not just basketball coaches, all coaches are creatures of habit, and they don't like anything that takes them out of a routine. And something I talked with uh, Jeremy about a little bit about yesterday was when these, depending, you know, different schools have different kinds of kids. <laughs> yeah. And giving some kids freedom is not a good thing. I'm just going to leave that like that. They can get themselves into trouble if you give them idle time. Kind of like me when I was in high school. Pretty much. That's why I'm looking yeah. at you like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, so, you know, there's that, that factor, too, is that the more they can keep kids in a routine, some kids, the better it is for those kids. To Less me, there should be to... more, more schools and class in the largest class. I could, I could, you know, I could go with that, too. Yeah, they've got to be more. I could go with that, too. Uh, so before we got uh, the close of the show today, uh, also we want to mention spring sports are underway. Uh, my goodness, we started baseball and softball first week, right out of the box, conference games. Uh, so the conference play is already underway for baseball, softball, and, but not soccer. Woo. Soccer doesn't start, Man. again, because of the odd teams in the 6A West, the nine schools in the 6A West. They will not start until April, and then it's going to be a sprint for those soccer teams. Well, it's, uh, I'm trying to do the schedule, and, and the girls are playing one day. You know, instead of basketball, the girls are playing them boys. Yeah. The girls are playing here, and the boys are playing there, and it's kind of chaotic. And, and the coaches said, I said, why aren't you guys playing around? He said, if we started to play round robin like we did last year, we'd had to start 
on the February 27th. Like baseball and yep. softball yeah. did. Yeah. And he said, we wouldn't have got to play any night. They want to play some non-conference games. They want to play tournaments. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. really chaotic yeah. uh, bringing Northside in. Um, so, man, I don't know what's going on with soccer. But yeah. I saw Favor last night. They won 8 nothing. The boys, either Favor's really, really good or Asylum Springs yeah. really, really bad. Well, Asylum has been really good in the they past. They have been. So I, I, I'm I guessing Favor's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, But anyway, it, it is here. Now, this week um, we will play games, and then uh, then we've we got some games next week, and then there's spring break. So there will be a week off there, and then we come back after spring break that last week of March, and, man, it is Leland. It is a sprint to May. It's a sprint after that. Yes, it is. And you're right. I mean, baseball and softball season has only been a week old. We've already seen 17 strikeouts by in softball by a Van Buren pitcher. Yep. We've seen uh, no hitters, grand slams. Uh, so they're uh, – they hit the they hit the ground running in baseball and softball. We seen for a stripper sure. play yet? Not yet, but we've seen uh, our girl down at uh, Hackett, uh, Mackenzie Freeman, has already pitched two perfect games to tack onto the five that she pitched last year. She's got seven career perfect games. The state record is nine. She's a sophomore. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think she's got a pretty good chance yes. of maybe setting the state record for perfect games in softball. Well, that and then in, of course track. I think it was Henry posted uh, at Springdale the other day. They set thirteen meet records. Yeah, yeah, they can't so, uh, come out you know, flying. Tremendous. We're we're very blessed to see these tremendous athletes right now. And and also, that was not a new record, right? Okay. Well, so Uh-oh. we had a little Twitter comment about that, uh, <laughs> where some guy said, uh, "Henry, you you failed to report that these were all new records." And I said, "You have now been unfollowed. <laughs> Delete. I'm not following you no anymore." No such thing as a new record. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, a uh, lot a lot of spring stuff coming up, and and uh, we will be here with that, and uh, have plenty of that for you in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette and in the River Valley Democrat Gazette, where Leland and his crew do such a great job down in Fort Smith. And uh, we will be back next week, and we'll talk about the state championship games, and we will talk about some more spring sports next week. So lots of good stuff. So stay here with us on the Prep Rally Podcast. Ricky Fires brings it in strong every single time. Might not be the best-looking guy out there, but he brings it in strong every time. Ruggedly handsome. That's Rug- what my mom said. Ruggedly handsome. There you go. <laughs> she could not have been more correct on that. Especially, the especially the rugged part of yep. it. So for Leland Barclay, for Ricky Fires, I'm Chip Sousa. Thanks for listening to us on the podcast. We'll be back next week. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.